welcome to Ladies Get Action. The podcast where two best friends talk about getting action. Movies. This is Rebecca Ringley. This is Rin Olson, reporting to you live from the West Coast, because I'm a West Coast girly now. <laughs> it's true. You've left. I have. I've officially departed. But this week we watched Air Force One. That's from the 90s, I think? Yeah, I think it's... Well, okay. So when was Little Princess? I... <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea, Rin. I screamed... <laughs> I'm like at first I'm like who is that little girl who I she her face looks so like, I knew her as an adult and this is like the little girl version and then it only took me a second longer and I was like it's Sarah Sarah I know it took me a moment to realize too and then 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 she's just Sarah to me I don't know her character. oh everything she was saying I was like hearing it in her like younger voice and I was thinking Papa, Papa. No. I was like Give, give him the, the princess speech, Sarah. Oh my God. I love seeing her. I loved seeing her. I've never seen her in anything else. I think she stopped acting after this. So I think this nice is... To see her. I know. It was great. Uh, so basically to recap, um, Sarah from A Little Princess, which I think was 92 or 94. My played... favorite movie. My very favorite childhood, probably adult movie too. I love that movie. It's that Alfonso Cuaron's A Little Princess. Yeah, and we watched it a couple of months ago, yeah. um, and it was just magical, and yeah, so she shows up in this, so I think this has got to be, like, 98. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's grown up a little bit, but not a ton. So maybe, like, 96. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm playing playing fast and loose with dates here. <laughs> Either way, it was a delight to see her. I It really made me so happy. <laughs> like warmed my heart in a way I I can't describe because I just have never seen her in anything else it just made me so happy but before we get too into the movie how are you doing you've you've had a major life change yes yes I have so as mentioned I've departed the city where I've lived for 12 almost 12 years um and returned to the west coast so I'm in Oregon at the moment and yeah it still sort of feels like I'm visiting Mm -hmm. it hasn't really set in that like I've moved Last week was filled with some really wonderful like friend meetups and farewell drinks. It was sort of a whirlwind and then I arrived over the weekend and arrived to snow and like 19 degrees. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, oh, I grew up in Alaska. I can like handle cold. And I got here and I was like, oh, I have no idea how to do this anymore. Yeah. I think it's okay to like let that slip away. You know, the the being brave about being cold because I don't like it either. I don't want to be cold. Yeah. Well, it turns out when you have the right you know, when you have enough warm clothes, it's actually okay. I went like tromping around in the snow today, but otherwise I'm really good. How's your week been? Eventful. Uh, my best friend left and I'm sad. You'll see um, her soon. I know I will. I will. And you know, we always have the podcast. But we do always have the podcast. Yeah. It's been busy. It's been very, very busy. Lots of like going away, random events, lots of work stuff. Um, and this week is lots more events and family in town and travel, but good stuff, like exciting stuff, just busy. So I'm like trying to get a hold of my to-do list and also think about Christmas. Which is <laughs> what? Up. Like I have to buy presents for people. And I'm also, you know, this, I'm also responsible for writing a list of all the things that I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes. deciding the presents others will get me. 
but it just means like I have, you know, on top of my back-to-back work meetings and interviews and doing, I have like a research task to do <laughs> oh. that's getting shoved off. But so far I'm holding it together. Do you want to get into this movie? Let's do it. Yeah. Air Force One. Um, okay. What are your thoughts and opinions, initial takeaways? Well, first, have you ever seen this movie? Because I don't know if we established that before. Oh, yeah. I've never seen this movie. Okay, good. Me either. Okay. Um, I'll start. I loved it so much. <laughs> I cried. I cried at one point. Um, this is a very good movie. This is just straight up a great movie to me. And I thought the stakes were really high. And I really appreciated how there were consequences and how so many civilians died. And like, um, I just really enjoyed it. I had a great time. What did you think? I loved it so much. And I was really, yeah, the stakes were so high, both on like a personal and on a political level. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so many things happened one right after the other, like the specter of Gibbs, like his betrayal that lasted all the way through. Oh yeah. That was so great. I mean, I, I don't <sighs> attach to any of the names. So you just gotta say like, you know, the secret yeah. service guy who betrayed them. Yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. secret service guy. No, I agree. I was like worried about that the entire movie. And I started writing in my notes. Like, did I hope like, is that coming back? What? Yeah. It's so, it's funny because I was watching with my aunt and she was like, you watch action movies all the time. Like this still stresses you out. And I was like, so distressed. And so like, how is this going to get resolved? And so worried for all the characters. Oh yeah. I did like out loud gasp several times. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought this was a great movie. And I, I mean, I love Harrison Ford. So many aspects of it. I really, really liked. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. And it really made me feel like, do you think this is like better than Top Gun and Top Gun Mavericks? I kind of feel like I was more invested in the airplane fighting in this film than I've ever felt. <laughs> I I still have it very deep in my heart, like a love for Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. I feel like they're sort of maybe... Like maybe you should, if you're going to want to do a movie night, maybe do a trilogy of these three. My question to you is that, do you think we should have included this in our 4th of July? Yeah. <laughs> America the Great series. America the Great? Yeah, probably. I mean, clearly there's lots of movies like this. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think this is a really interesting movie when it comes to talking about like the presidency and politics and responsibility. Like one of the first things that they established in this movie right off the bat and again and again is that this president is a good president. I wrote that down too. He is a good man. He is a moral man. He is making all kinds of points. He is like, you know, putting his money where his mouth is. He's like very much a good man and also a good dad. I wrote that down too. Not a bad dad, a good dad. We love that. Yeah. I wrote down, like, we love a good dad and a good husband. Yeah. Like, well, initially, I thought when we first saw the wife, I'm like, oh, she hates him. Because she was, she said something kind of like snarky to one of the Secret Service guys. And then she, like, kind of rolled her eyes at him. But nope, she loves him and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. And they've got a great relationship. One of the things that I kept being surprised by in this movie, because, yeah, they established that he's very moral. You know, the way they established this for context, if you didn't watch it, which I recommend you do, is, um, the film starts with this U.S. and Russian abduction of um, a Kazakhstani president who's like falsely in there and he's a communist, something like that. President Harrison Ford gives a speech uh, that's like off the teleprompter. Mm-hmm. It's a great speech. 
<laughs> it is a great speech. I had a thought about the speech, but I want to know what you had to say. Okay. I really liked it. Um, but he gives a speech that's like unprompted and he's basically like, we fucked up. Uh, America's at fault. Never again will we like wait until it affects us directly to intervene politically when uh, terrorism is afoot, essentially. And I take responsibility for all the dead people and I'm going to make like policy change. And so the Russians love it. His advisors hate it. <laughs> but this is like the good, like the capital R right thing to do. And he stands behind it, like in the car, he's like, oh, no, I'm going to pursue this. What do you think about the speech? Oh, it sort of felt like the speechwriter for for George Bush wrote this. <laughs> you know, we'll, we will not back down. We will not surrender. You know that speech? Oh, yeah. That's what, I mean, it felt like he watched this movie and then said. Probably. I like that. No, I loved this speech. I was just really refreshing and very aspirational. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's a great idea. But, you know, when you think twice about it also, that's, like, dangerous. He's very, like, motivated by his morality, which is different than most presidents we see in film in real life. I I would also say it's really interesting watching this movie now when the U.S.-Russia relations are not like yeah. this. And yeah. our relations are more like like the dictator who they have in, in the prison that they almost release is more like the current, you know president of russia yeah we're definitely not on good terms like that no not at all he's like a good guy he's like a nice guy to people he's funny with his staff he's like wants to watch the football game but being president's hard like, then he wants to he wants to make out with his wife but being president's hard yeah exactly <laughs> um but what i thought was funny that they kept coming back to was how proud other people are of him yeah which is just yeah. funny <laughs> like several times in the film people are like good job <laughs> for like you know I mean I guess yes absolutely being heroic but at the end of the day should we expect less like right you're the president of the United States like right, you, you should be the best of us you should in a, a situation I, I know <laughs> I don't know yeah. there's a lot of people separately being like wow you really did it <laughs> you're really a good guy I know it just felt like they were all like wow this my this this white man in power has morals good job at doing the least <laughs> oh yeah well the the very nice lady he takes to the fax machine after she helps him make, send the fax she's like Mr. President like, what'd you say? Like, what you're doing is, like, so heroic. Right. Like, thank you. Whatever like, happens. Whatever, whatever happens. Thank you for this, you know. And he's, like, he, like, touches his heart. Then he, like, kisses her on the cheek. And then, you know, the other, like, the American pilot salutes him and says, like, what do you say? Like, good job, sir. You did it, sir. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> you did such a great job. Like everyone's just like bending over to congratulate. I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it, everything he's doing is heroic and I would congratulate him too. And I would also feel probably very moved patriotically to see that in real life. Sure. Um, just like it moved me watching this movie, but it is a little funny to me. <laughs> They're all thanking him so much. Or like when he's like, like I've stayed on the, the ship and I'm like, wow. I know. What a, what a man. <laughs> Do you think that was reckless? Yes. Yes. I do. Yeah. 
as they point out lots of times like it would have been a different movie if he had um gotten into that escape pod i thought that that's what was going to happen was that he was going to get in he was going to get into the escape pod and then have to figure out how to get back on the plane to rescue his wife and daughter and like the other hostages. Oh, that's fun. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't that happen in Maverick? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they had an escape pod and then they have to find their way back into the plane. Yeah. Okay, great. So, <laughs> um, I thought either he was dead because I've never seen this movie. I don't know a thing about it. I thought maybe they would have killed him off as a surprise like this early in the movie. Harrison Ford yeah I kind of thought like maybe you know they would do something really shocking because so far the movie had been surprising me or he was still on the plane which is what happened I was surprised by so much of this movie this movie is a great cast but it was like the minute Gary Oldman showed up I was like oh he's bad okay that was Gary Oldman yeah okay that makes a lot of sense I I have a hard time like latching onto Gary Oldman's face um, that's probably how he wants it he's he's like i really just yeah, want to disappear into the roles because he's such a character actor for sure um i kept writing like russian ed norton 100 mm-hmm. yeah. although i have to say that the accents in this movie were wild we had like a russian guy by way of long island <laughs> we had gary oldman's russian by way of like french accent masking his english one they were fun <laughs> I didn't notice that, but I'm glad you did. This is where I start screaming. Oh my God, it's Sarah, a little (laughs) princess. I love her. I was just like, the cadence of her speech was just like giving me chills. Like, oh my God, it's her. Oh, it just made me so happy. And then, um, you know, William H. Macy's in it. Like so many stars. Glenn Close is the vice president. Mm-hmm. lots of other people I recognized but I couldn't tell you their names but like lots and lots of people are in this yeah even the bit roles like there's a an air traffic controller who's in Germany and I was like oh he's really big now too and I I feel like the guy the bad secret service agent is probably a name I should know I recognize his face yeah I do um the score in this movie I didn't realize I knew this score already did you really oh yeah as soon as it started, I'm like, yes, yes. It's a great, I mean, it's a great score. It's exactly it's what you want out of score, but just fe- It just felt immediately like, okay, I've absolutely heard this before. How funny that I know this, like, I know exactly what this is. But to me, just like the thoughts immediately went like, we're like president, important. <laughs> like, right, yeah. Like grand. Um, I don't know, like maybe they reused it on the West Wing or something, but I, like I've heard it in a president context or maybe they play it like at the Oscars when like Harrison Ford walks up to stage oh they might yeah maybe that's where you know it from but yeah I just I knew it immediately and I was like swept away by it (laughs) the first and biggest surprise to me was a you know we're watching basically the president and all these people leaving uh Kazakhstan Russia I think after this speech and there's some there's a group of very suspicious (laughs) Russian like tv reporters who are also on the plane that includes Gary Oldman. And that's when I was like, oh, they're not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, because the second he's like, oh, wait, you have to check our luggage again. Yeah. Um, You know, they're evil. I'm like, okay, they're going to hijack the plane for sure. Mm-hmm. But I was shocked when it was the Secret Service agent who first. Me too. Somebody and hijacks the plane. I gasped out loud. <laughs> Me too. I screamed. I was so excited. Um, 
because it was such a good move. And I was like, oh my God, am I like totally wrong about these Russians? I did the same thing. Yeah, I I loved that decision though. And especially that they kept him under wraps to the very end. It was so good. I do have to wonder though, at the end when he decides that he's going to start like shooting people, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't he just keep it quiet? I don't know. Well, he only only shoots um, William H. Macy. I would think that he would just pretend like a different service secret service agent was had betrayed them or like Mm -hmm. keep it really quiet overall well he didn't reveal himself until the very end when it was just William H. Macy and the president and I guess that's when it was like clear that only one person could go back yeah that's why he revealed himself yeah I don't really I still don't really get his motivation for helping the terrorists I don't either because in the end it sounds like he wants to keep his job in the secret service Maybe he was like a spy and getting paid for, um, you know, betraying state secrets or something. Maybe, but he did. As far as we know, we didn't betray any state secrets. And uh, you're doing more work than the movie is because we don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. know any of that. Right, right. But yeah, I was. I am a little flimsy on why he helps the terrorists when mm-hmm. when he said to the president, "I'll be this the Secret Service for the next president." Yeah, unclear so to me. After you take over a plane and you kill a whole bunch of people. And you betray your country in like the worst way possible. Do you dream of going back to work? Or is that like how you like loudly quit a job? Because I think. <laughs> You've heard of quiet quitting. Yeah. Now here's the, ne- here's the next big thing. This is the loudest way to quit. Is to hijack Air Force One and try and kill the president. Um, but you know, you don't. Why are his dreams so small that he's like, I'll be the secret service and the next guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I could have really used a line that was like, and I'll like, I'll become rich by selling secrets. Yeah, something. I was really mad. Speaking of what I count as betrayal, um, when the entire cabinet was like, the president is incapacitated and they wanted Glenn Close to sign that that Mm -hmm. document. I was really very distressed by that. Also, because it was like, there's a situation happening right now. Could you just like set this aside? <laughs> well, I I get it too, because they're trying to establish between her and that annoying guy um, who's in control. I, yeah, I, I guess so. And but... if the president is still in control, then it goes to secretary of defense. But if he's not, it's the vice president. Oh yeah. So, but I will say about that. I mean, and yes, it was very annoying, but yes, I, I thought it was funny that they call they have a disagreement when close playing the, the vice president and um, the secretary of defense have a disagreement over what to do. And everyone's kind of questioning Glenn Close's authority and even um, the Russian, you know, Gary Oldman character is like being sexist with her and like, like yeah. pointing out, you know, that she must be scared and like sweating through her blouse, just being like demeaning. Um, and everyone's like doubting her. But she and the Secretary of Defense have a disagreement over the chain of command. And they call a constitutional scholar or an expert in to advise. Maybe he was like a department head. I don't know. But they call him in to advise and they take his advice, which I just found was shocking because that would never happen now that the two people like that would agree on an interpretation of the Constitution so easily. Oh, yeah, no. Right. Well, that just shows how much our political landscape has shifted so much. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that was amazing. They could call someone down and just be like, what are the facts on this? (laughs) 
I think my feeling was that obviously Glenn Close was in command and I was annoyed with the other guy for being like, let me bring this up now in the middle of basically what's a national emergency. (laughs) Again, another example of how everybody's so loyal and so proud of Harrison Ford. Yes. Oh yeah. Because she doesn't sign it because she's like, he's going to figure it out. And then, oh, and then the other guy, the general who's like, I fought with him in the war. He's a medal of honor person. He's definitely like out there saving the day on the plane. Oh yeah. That was a (laughs) funny, funny scene too. Yeah. Like, okay. I believe it. All right. Yeah. Go on exposition. Tell me what (laughs) I need to know. Right. Okay. He's trained in combat. Great. Um, But yeah, he is basically Harrison Ford has an opportunity to leave the plane. He doesn't leave the plane. Yeah. Which is a he stays on he stays on board. There were some really cool camera shots in there too. Did you notice mm. where it seemed almost like one shot or like one take? Um, especially when Harrison Ford is like darting around the the okay, also side note, how big is this plane? Oh, huge. It's giant. It's like a cruise ship. Rooms on rooms on rooms on rooms. I mean I counted at least four levels. It's huge. But I, that was one of the things I noted early on. I'm like, oh, that's really smart to make the plane so huge and to introduce it by being like, here are all these different rooms. So that when mm-hmm. we get stuck on the plane, it's not too claustrophobic. There's a line in here. You kind of referenced it earlier, but it goes, the presidency is bigger than any one man, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. And it was interesting to track my own feelings about like, you know, is it worth releasing this horrible dictator for, you know, who has like caused thousands of refugees to like have to leave their country and caused all this pain for, you know, the 50 people on the plane, including the president of the United States, who is after all just a man. So I don't know where I land with that. Obviously, like happily, the movie resolves itself. But it was in, it was kind of like with The Rock, where it was like the right decision is to bomb the island so that the city of San Francisco doesn't, you know, get right. destroyed. But it was it was interesting to have that discussion come up. Where did you land, or what? How did you feel about that? Well, it feels like it's like a very. I felt like America doesn't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like the movie makes that point several times. And I think that's what it is. And I think what I loved about this movie is that like, like we were talking about, he's a very moral person. So like that's America's moral stance on terrorism. And he talks about terrorism a couple of times in his speech and, in, and during this, this whole stuff um, where it's like, they won't stop. So it's not, it's not going to be worth it to like give in to some little part of it. And what I love is that he doesn't give in until they're about to kill his kid. And then he gives yeah. in on number on like at the count of two out of five. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, that was the best part of the movie. So yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Like not, not good to release this Russian uh, communist dictator at all. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have a choice. And I felt like every choice that going close made, made a lot of sense to me just like progressively like stalling for time and trying to figure out what to do next. Same. I mean, you just mentioned it, but like the, the personal kind of 
stakes were so high and then to have this layer of the political stakes and yeah. the international stakes I mean I was inter- I was just like screaming at the television when this man is getting released and like it was so unsettling to watch all the prison first of all that prison was like yeah really something else but to watch all like the prison guards saluting him as if he were a good man in contrast with our you know our president Harrison Ford um, it was really distressing yeah it was distressing even though I was also so relieved and like oh my god of course he made the right decision to save his kid oh god of course put your oxygen mask on we'll be right back with more Air Force One don't trust that secret service agent we're back one of my favorite things of this movie and what made it work for me so much is that like we we mentioned earlier on um the stakes are so high because there are consequences mm-hmm. for everything and so Gary Oldman's oh, yeah. character not only like kills a bunch of people so you know that he's for real but then kills the hostages that he says he's gonna kill and mm-hmm. it's like named characters we get to meet earlier and it's not you know it's not like people you've never seen before who he's shooting in the head it like they they really um they make a point of showing that this guy is so dangerous and willing to kill anybody on board so I really enjoyed that I thought that that really really ratcheted up the stakes for me yeah that was really effective and it was like people he'd been cheerfully interacting with when he was a media you know pretending to be a media guy Mm -hmm. and watching everybody else's reaction to them and putting it on the phone for Glenn Close to hear Mm -hmm. and then also listening to Gary Oldman try and not even like he wasn't trying to excuse himself but he was like you think I'm a monster? I've got three little kids at home. What's it to you? Right. You know, just like really show no remorse whatsoever. No. And it was so scary when he was talking to, I just want to call her Sarah. Well, yeah. Was, she's Sarah. When he was talking to Sarah like that. And so close to her. Oh, I know. Mom is, but I love that you see the mom is like, so on edge, like about to like scream. Mm-hmm. Um, and she keeps like, st- like trying to stop him. But he's just, oh, he's so, it was, it would, I was just so scared for her. And then when he yeah. said later, like losing a kid hollows you out, he's like prepared to kill this little girl. That scared me. I thought he was like a really effective villain. What did you think of him in our pantheon of villains? I thought he was very effective. He got a little over the top towards the end for me. I think partly from the writing and partly just because maybe the movie demanded it. Um, but I thought in the beginning he was really, really effective. Um, and again, like you just said, like the fact that he's willing to kill a kid in cold blood. Yeah. That's the worst. That's so chilling. Yeah. Yeah. If there had been a puppy on board, he would have killed it too. I guess it's a good thing there are no dogs in this movie actually. But yeah. I thought he was very effective. Do we think he had like a special relationship with his pilot? I was thinking that too. I don't know if they're just like close friends or something. But he does get emotional when he says, like, you killed my pilot. Yeah, he definitely had some sort of relationship with him. I also sort of thought when he said the line, you know, losing a child hollows you out. I thought he was also sort of like referencing himself. Oh, yeah, I thought that too. And I thought it was really haunting. And I thought it felt like he he was going to like even the score and kill Sarah. On a lighter note, it tickled me to no end to see the cell phone bit Oh yeah, that was clever. Yeah, so so Harrison Ford is like in the luggage 
hold and rummaging around in somebody's suitcase and pulls out like the official White House cell phone. And he has to like look up the look up look through the you know user manual, um, and then try to connect to the White House White House switchboard, which is just funny. But it's also funny now. Like, could you do this movie now? Mm. Like, how right. that work with phones and technology and I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone could trace a call easily, but is, you know, the the main receptionist for the White House, like, phone number doing that? Almost certainly not. I guess if you did this now, I mean, it'd have to be a cell phone, like, on low battery. Right. Well, that was also the joke when, he, yeah. you know, when the phone dies. I was like, oh, look, it's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rin does live on the edge, everyone should know, um, in terms of battery usage. Rin's always like <laughs> 10% yeah. or leaving her phone at home or I wish I could deny this but at the moment I should probably go plug in my phone because it's like at 10% yeah but yeah I mean it's like Harrison Ford is so cool um when he makes Harrison it Ford for president yeah he made it out of the cargo bay like wow that was like the worst game of hide and seek ever when he's like <laughs> running around the cargo hold trying to get the the Russians yeah well and they're like we're gonna kill someone right now if you don't come out and he doesn't and they do um but that's when he escapes and um the nice lady tells him about the fax machine <laughs> and so i was like this is very good and smart um but they send a fax and then no one checks the fax machine for a while that was so stressful to me too yeah also fax machines are loud like, I get that it was full of commotion. Well, it, was a la- it was a loud office. Yeah, yeah. I have so many notes here. Like, when are they going to figure out this? the Secret Service guy's bad? Yeah, I know. Don't give that gun to him. Who leaked this all to the press? That was my, like, I was also wondering that. Like, how was CNN getting the scoop and from whom? I know. Who was leaking it? <laughs> maybe, maybe the Secret Service guy? Oh, maybe. The movie doesn't back that up. I'm just. yeah. Because I'm like, how, like, because all of a sudden the press knows that the president's plane was crashing and but they get all the civilians out. They have a parachute room. <laughs> I know they really had quite a few like extras in this plane. I mean, the whole zip line at the end was cool, but also like, <laughs> would they be able to breathe? It's so cold. Yeah. I just feel like they tied a string from one plane to the other. And that was the solution. Oh, yeah. And also, could the planes fly that close? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I only think that from Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. Right, right. Well, we know those movies have quite the grip strength. Yes. But, you know, since those stunts are real, I feel like they probably... Oh, yeah, that's true. I thought it was so funny with all the, like drop the fuel, lose the fuel, and thinking about, like, how many ecological disasters they were causing. Oh, yeah. Dumping all this fuel out over the the ground. Yeah, that didn't occur to me, actually. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty bad. But yeah, that was the part that I started tearing up when um, Gary Oldman threatens to kill little Sarah, and the president breaks, and he's like, okay, like, I'll, I'll call and release the guy. Mm-hmm. That's his kid... And he's so, and then they just end up so good because he's making all these like harder but moral choices throughout the film. It was really hard to watch 
I mean, obviously it was hard to watch the Melanie one, but watching the president have to make that decision mm-hmm. where he kills, when um, Gary Oldman kills the woman, you can see he's almost about to, to break. And so I like that we have the, these levels before yeah, he finally right. does break, you know? Right. That is really nice to see that he has that choice before and then makes a different choice. But when it, it's his kid. Right. Of course. I feel like if it was his wife, he probably would have like, I don't know. It would have been harder. I- I was really afraid that his wife was going to die. Yeah. Speaking of sacrificing yourself, though, I was really shocked in a good way when um, that one fighter jet like flew right in front of Air Force One and like took that missile. Me too. Yeah. And when the guy who had been kind of griping about like, not griping, I mean, he's being held hostage, but like he was part of the team. He also took a bullet for the president. Yeah. Right. He was the one who sounded, it seemed like a little self-interested yeah yeah that was also really moving yeah it's just like the swiftness with which that guy decided like okay i'm just gonna like jump right in front of this Mm -hmm. this missile in his plane i was like oh my god i know i was gonna say this movie felt a little bit like a mix of speed but in the air top gun independence day and its own thing yeah i think that's good (laughs) what were you Uh going to say I was going to say, for a second, I thought that the defense secretary might be in on that. Like, he might be, like, working with the bad security, the bad secret service guy. Because mm-hmm. in the, the um, like, the war room scenes um, with the vice president and everybody else trying to figure it out on the ground, um, they said early on, and they were right about so many things. But they said, like, they guessed that he was still on the plane. They guessed that he was probably, like, fighting back in their best chance. Like, they guessed a lot. And they also guess, Glenn Close guesses, that it must be, like, somebody trusted who works for them, who betrayed them. And mm-hmm. she guesses it very early in the film. And the defense secretary is like, maybe, you know, like, he doesn't really react to that. So I'm like, oh, does he know? Does he know, like, that the Secret Service guy turned? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't really follow up on that. They weren't like, we need to figure out who could no. turn. No, they, they didn't. Um, yeah, only Harrison Ford finds out and William H. Macy briefly. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. I, I feel like I've heard this before, but I loved that like gravelly line of get off my plane. Yeah, me too. It was great. And he snapped the the uh the guy's neck. Yeah. It was great. And also I liked that it was introduced earlier and then came back around like obviously it was introduced during like when the civilians were all getting off the plane in the parachutes mm-hmm. but it, it it was also useful information for the president to have right yeah yeah exactly how to deploy the parachutes yeah and i was very tense when gary oldman shoved the other parachute off the plane i was gonna say i also really liked that the first lady got a moment to have like a kick or a punch or you know kind of a crucial fight moment for herself and in a way that made sense too it wasn't like you're about to put everybody at risk if you like punch this guy in the face right and but she had a gun but she didn't fire it right mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that was interesting would have been cool if she got to shoot the the bad guy though but i mean i guess it needed to be harrison ford yeah oh what did you think of um so the, the kazakhstan dictator gets freed and it's all about like can he get to this helicopter in time you know as they're now like unfreeing him 
Mm-hmm. What did you think of that? That they, you know, they start firing on him and they kill him, like the Russian prison guards kill him. I thought it was weird. Maybe this is my own bleak nature, but I thought it was weird that they had to wait for an order from the president of the United States for that to happen. I kind of thought that Petrov or whatever his name would have just been like, yeah, release him and then we'll just kill him. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I was thinking like, well, number one, like, can, can they just shoot at him? But then it's like, well, it's not America. They don't have our laws. This may be like just my own interpretation of what I imagine Russia to be like under current circumstances but i think also because the movie established that president harrison ford was a good man and his counterpart in russia was a good man and they weren't going to do the wrong thing Mm -hmm. until it was like right but i was confused if the order came from harrison ford and petrov or just the russian guards yeah i think it must have been harrison ford and petrov but um my concern though was like isn't that even better for the terrorist agenda because now he's a martyr it just it feels higher stakes to me overall like we were talking about with the killing the civilians and stuff Mm -hmm. um just overall it just feels so much higher stakes because it's the president and it's his family and it's you know but it's as if in the top gun fighter jet tom cruise had also had like i guess he had his son at one point but his girlfriend and like his baby (laughs) right right (laughs) which is what they did in, in Fast Nine. Oh, that's fast true, yeah. Eight. Um, but yeah, just yeah, just a lot higher stakes to me than than stuff I've seen recently in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, the other thing with with a lot of action movies that I enjoy, but I will be the first to recognize, is that I'm not so worried about them. Mm-hmm. Like if I see Tom Cruise, I'm not worried that Tom Cruise is going to be like in trouble. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Right. And I guess Harrison Ford is also probably going to be fine, but I don't know. I was really worried about a lot of moments in this movie. Yeah, I didn't I didn't feel reassured that Harrison Ford would be fine because of how many important people were killed. It just, yeah, I just felt like the stakes were very, very real and it felt so much more grounded than other movies where you can kind of relax and go, like, nothing's going to happen to Jason Statham. Right. Like, he's going to yeah. make it to the sequel. He's going to be just fine. He's kind of a superhero. Um, like he's going to get hurt, but not that bad. Like he's not going to really lose an arm or something. No, I mean like his ribs should be absolutely like smashed right now, but like they might hurt a little bit. Some bruising, right? Right. Maybe a cast at the worst. But this movie, I'm like, everyone can really die with like their head, their brains blown out in front Mm -hmm. of a kid. And it just felt like every, every time they found a solution, something bad happened again. And I was really just so along for the ride that every time, like, what now? <laughs> They're running out of fuel again and the fuel plane blew up and oh no. <laughs> like, yeah. And now there are MIGs. Right. And now they're out of countermeasures. Like I was just, and then now they can't land. And what are they going to do? And the secret service guy is still there. Right. And he's still there, like skulking in the back, stealing a gun. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah, every time I was like, I don't know what they're going to do, like another thing would happen. Yeah, it was just like a triumphant ending. You know, the VP doesn't try and assume more power than she needs to, which again felt very like out of place in our world now. And everyone, not everyone, but like just the president and his family are safe, <laughs> like a handful of survivors. Uh, but yeah. it just felt, you know, triumphant. That's what I wrote. And satisfying too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I loved it. Those are my thoughts. I think this is like easily a five for me. I really had a lot of fun. What about you? This is 100% a five for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's really satisfying. It's really stressful to watch. I had a great time. This is a hit. This was absolutely a hit. Highly recommend. I feel silly that I haven't seen it before now. It's a great movie. I'm kind of shocked that I haven't seen it before, especially since I feel like it really does inform a lot of action movies that came after it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like a nice addition to movies about like the president that I like. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I love Dave is one of my favorite movies. And this one also is like about like a really good president. And I like seeing that. Yeah, it's really reassuring. It's funny because I was also thinking about you and Dave. Yeah. And when they started talking about the role of like, you, if the president is incapacitated. and Yeah. It just, it's nice to see movies where like you can trust your authority. <laughs> that probably says a lot about us. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. Or where you can feel proud. Yeah. Of the... Patriotism. That's what that feeling is called. Yep. That is what it's called. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. No, this movie does make me feel patriotic. It feels like, you know, Harrison Ford, at least, if not, you know, the cronies around him stands for what's good. Well, this brings us to the end of Air Force One. Rebecca and I are both resounding fives on this. Next week, we'll be back with In the Line of Fire. If you've been enjoying this podcast, what you can get Rin and I for Christmas and Hanukkah is to write us a review. All you have to do is go on Apple Podcasts, click on the show title, scroll down. There you can leave five stars and a written review. It's really easy. It'll take you two seconds and it means a lot to us. If you would like to send us a movie recommendation or compliments, um, you can do so at ladiesgetaction at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're also on Instagram at ladiesgetaction. Rebecca, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Rebecca Ringley Casting. And Rin, where can people find you? You can also find me on Instagram at Rin Olson or at Renaissance Media. Until next time, get, get some, some action. action.